Evening America, it is 7 p.m. Tuesday, September 1st. We're at September 1st, can you believe it? And this is Queer News Tonight, the world's first live LGBTQ daily evening news. It is time to queer up the news. Watch as we bring you these and other stories from the LGBTQ headlines. Cher raised $2 million for Biden at LGBTQ virtual fundraiser. And we talk about the rising problem of PTSD in the LGBTQ community. Anchorage becomes a first Alaskan city to ban conversion therapy. And Taylor Swift handwrites a sweet note to a gay fan. Tomorrow night on It's Happening Out, Wednesday at 8 p.m., we examine what the LGBTQ community does in times of disaster. Then on Thursday at 8 p.m., join us for Gay Town Hall, where the most diverse cast of LGBTQ community members discuss all of the latest news and some gossip from around the world. So good evening again, America. It is 7 p.m. Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. It is time to queer up the news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your stories we are going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight. Tonight on the world's first live daily queer evening news show. Tonight's news about the gay community and the news from an LGBTQ perspective. Are our gay stories important to you? In headlines, politics, entertainment, gay culture, travel, religion, and more. Reported by respected anchors. Out of the closet and into the headlines on Q News Tonight. Well, welcome back and thank you for joining Queer News tonight. We are live. This is an unedited evening news show, so anything can happen. This evening, we bring you the news of and a perspective from the LGBTQ community. I'm your anchor, Al Ferguson, and these are my co-anchors, David Hopkins and Misty Eyes. Let's queer up the news. Tonight, we begin with queer headlines, the LGBTQ community diverse. Around the world, the LGBT community is vast, and we bring you the bullet points of queer news for today, Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. We begin by queering up vote 2020. In reporting that the LGBTQ America's pit in the stomach feeling you're having on election is realizing Trump's misdirection on fear may be working. Watch this. And I think it's disgraceful. These people, they protested peacefully. They went in very peacefully. And I'll tell you what they're protesting. They're protesting when they turn on television or read whatever they may be reading, and they see a city like Chicago, where 78 people were shot and 13 died, or a city like New York, where the crime rate has gone through the roof, or a city like Portland, where the, the entire city is ablaze all the time, and a mayor says, we don't want any help from the federal government. When these people turn that on and they see that, they say, this is not our country. This is not our country. That was a peaceful protest, totally. This year has revealed the lengths that Donald Trump is willing to go to in order to ensure that he remains in the White House for another four years. And what is unsettling for many inside and outside the LGBTQ community is it may just be working. In another stunning example, President Trump refused to condemn Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old supporter who has been charged with murder over the shooting deaths of two people in Kenosha last week. Despite this, polls show Trump today is gaining ground on Joe Biden, who has accused the president of sowing chaos. The truth doesn't seem to matter anymore, only the spin it can be given. Police and federal agents marching to a slogan of law and order that is as hollow as anything a president has ever said, given the laws this administration routinely disregards. The president wants America to fear Biden's America. But as Biden pointed out over the weekend, the nightmare that many are living in right now is Trump's America. And yet, 
Despite all of this chaos and unrest, anyone who tells you they know who will be the president this time next year is either a fool or a liar. That, LGBTQ America, is terrifying. Before we came on camera, I was talking about the fact that the Republican Party has decided they don't have a platform this year except for do whatever Trump says. They've turned it into a cult of personality, and that's why they're going to win if people don't get out and vote, which I think we're going to have a problem with. I think people are buying into the fear of Biden. But you have to remember, if you're not voting for Biden, you are voting for Trump. Mm -hmm. Well, it's uh, a scary few days since the end of the RNC and the president's White House lawn uh, speech. The polls have tightened. Uh, he moved two points. Uh, Biden did not move any out of the DNC, so it's great concern. And that kind of pit in the stomach that LGBTQ America has had this week on Monday and Tuesday is directly linked to this. Next week, we're up the USA. White House Chief of Staff and Counsel told Trump no on top secret access for Kushner and Ivanka. Watch this. Former White House Counsel Don McGahn raised concerns about the security clearance of the president's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner in a memo to then-White House Chief of Staff John Kelly in early 2018. Axios reported on Sunday in the upcoming book, Donald Trump vs. United States, from New York Times correspondent Michael Schmidt, he unveils a previously unreported two-page memo that alleges McGahn warns Kelly that Kushner should not receive a top-level security clearance unless serious additional concerns raised by Kushner's FBI background check were resolved. Former White House Counsel Don McGahn raised concerns about the security clearance of the President's son-in-law and senior advisor, Jared Kushner, in a memo to then White House Chief of Staff John Kelly in an early 2018, according to a new book. The concerns came from the results of Kushner's FBI background check. Representatives for Kushner maintained at the time that the White House had conveyed to Kushner that his clearance application had been handled under normal protocols without pressure from any officials. Well, uh, we're in a situation uh, that the uh, White House accessed uh, the uh, security clearance for Kushner and Ivanka. The new book completely lays out that there is something that we are unaware of because of the security classification of uh, the clearance but the president completely overrode uh, his intelligence community. It's scary if you're on his side, you don't have to worry about anything, you're immune. And that's the thing about Trump, he doesn't trust his own intelligence, but trusts several people. Next week we have entertainment. Taylor Swift handwrites a sweet note to a gay fan. Taylor Swift wrote the note to Andrew Mooney, a PhD candidate at Trinity College in Dublin, in the letter, she said, I'm so proud of you for the bravery you've shown in your personal life, choosing to live and love honestly, even when it's not easy. I hope you're doing well in this amongst the chaos we're all living in right through now. In these times, I think it's important to reveal or revel in the great moments when we can. And this is a moment worth celebrating. Taylor Swift has been more politically active these past two years than in any time in her career backing many pro-LGBTQ laws, including voicing support for the Equality Act at the 2019 Video Music Awards. Well, it's an interesting moment. Uh, the reason we reported at Queer News tonight is for Taylor Swift to, to uh, take an action that is so highly personal. No one would have known of this, by the way, if uh, the person in Dublin uh, at Trinity College had not revealed it in their social media. And it reflects just amazingly on Taylor Swift and what she thinks about the LGBTQ community. Yeah, when T. Swift first started out as a country singer, you'll remember she was quite conservative, but that changed quickly. <laughs> It's funny because growing up in the church, a lot of times Christians will do good deeds just so they could post them on, well, there wasn't a Facebook back then, but just so they could post them in social, like, oh my goodness, everyone, I walked her across the street. To know that she did such an amazing thing and didn't even tell anyone speaks mouths. Mm. Next week, we're up the USA. Plot twist, America. Niecy Nash comes out by posting wedding pictures with Jessica Betts. Watch this. Niecy Nash has gotten hitched. The actress announced the news of her surprise wedding to artist Jessica Betts by sharing a celebratory picture from the couple's nuptials. She captioned the shot, Mrs. Carol Denise Betts, hashtag love wins. 
Jessica also posted the same photo to her account, writing, I got a whole wife. The marriage news marks the first time the newlyweds have publicly confirmed their romantic relationship. In response to fans' shock, Nisi acknowledged the unexpected nature of the revelation and posted hashtag plot twist. In a surprise to many, Nisi Nash is a married woman once again. The Claws star took to the social media uh, reports in different platforms on Monday to reveal that she and singer Jessica Betts have married. The reason it was so surprising is that until this public uh, at large announcement, uh, the public had no idea that Nisi Nash was part of our LGBTQ community. Queer News Tonight extends our sincere congratulations on the marriage. Next week, Queer Up Religion. Liberty University announces investigation into tenure of Falwell Jr. Watch this. Liberty University announcing an independent investigation into its former president, Jerry Falwell Jr. After the embattled evangelical leader of the largest Christian college in the country resigned amid an alleged sex scandal. The Board of Trustees issuing a statement last night, now calling for a thorough investigation into all financial, real estate, and legal matters while Falwell was at the helm of the school. Liberty University announced Monday that it is launching an independent investigation into the tenure of its former president, Jerry Falwell Jr., after he departed last week. The Evangelical University School Board said in a release that it was hiring an outside firm to investigate, quote, all facets of Liberty University operations under the former president. It said it wants to learn the consequences that have flowed from a lack of spiritual stewardship. The probe into Falwell's nearly 13-year tenures expected to include examinations of financial, real estate, and legal matters. Next we queer up the world. Father-daughter fishing trip turns into an unexpected whale of a time. A family's fishing trip off the coast of Canada came with a lucky surprise, a front row seat to a duo of humpback whales leaping and spinning in the air. All caught on camera, Conception Bay, where the video was captured, is not known for its whale sightings. However, the look on the young girl's face named Sarah is absolutely priceless and adds a bit of levity to an otherwise bleak year. No whales were harmed in making this video. <laughs> I love that. Uh, next, we queer up vote 2020 and report in reporting Bloomberg's red mirage scenario warns election night landslide for Trump. A top Democratic data and an analytics firm, Hawkfish, has reported today it's highly likely that President Trump will appear to have won, potentially in a landslide, on election night, even if he ultimately loses when all of the votes are counted. According to the model, they use it uh, as a possible conclusion, if not a foregone conclusion, that Biden could look at, uh, to have won as few as 10 states before mail-in voting is counted. This includes solidly blue states such as Illinois, Vermont, and New Mexico. The greatest fear is that President Trump will use this dynamic to attack the legitimacy of a Biden victory on election night by declaring himself the winner. Next we queer up gay culture. New drag livery service goes live this month. The service is brought to life by Red Bear Brewing and will be available on Saturdays September 12th and September 26th in the Washington DC area. The order can include a craft beer, cocktails, and food right to the door along with a drag performance. I love capitalism. <laughs> Next we queer up health. LGBTQ youth more likely to be bullied than non-LGBTQ peers. The CDC has released the National Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance results from 2019, which shows that LGBTQ youth people are not only bullied more, but also continue to suffer health, higher health and suicide risk than their straight and cisgender peers. Hmm. Next, we queer up entertainment. Tell Me Why is a trailblazing game for the Xbox. Tell Me Why follows the story of a pair of twins, Twi uh, Tyler and Allison, being reunited after a decade apart. What makes this video game so unique is that Tyler is an out trans man. 
one of, if not the first, transgender character to have a leading role in a major video game. Next we queer up the USA. Anchorage becomes the first Alaskan city to ban conversion therapy. Anchorage has become the first Alaskan city to pass a ban on conversion therapy. The ordinance, which was passed on August 26th, bans medical professionals from performing the practice on people under 18. Those caught breaking the ordinance face a fine of $500 for every day they performed it. Next week, we're up the USA. Christian group that believes gay people cause disease declared COVID outbreak site. The headquarters of an anti-LGBTQ organization that claims being gay leads to death and disease has been declared a COVID-19 hotspot. Focus on the Family, a fundamentalist Christian group based in Colorado Springs, apparently needs to go back to the drawing board to see what actually causes disease. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're up gay culture. Drag races Widow Vandu to take a break after fandom hate. We had an interview with Alexis Mateo earlier this year about the bullying culture in the drag scene. And now it has happened again as Widow Vandu couldn't take the harassment any longer. In a Twitter post, she said, you make me feel like I should have just stayed a Kansas City queen. I hate doing this so much and I don't want to do it anymore. We hope the break does her some good and she can find some respite from the so-called fans of Drag Race who harness and harass queens. Next we queer up vote 2020. Cher, excitingly, raises $2 million for Biden at LGBTQ virtual fundraiser. Cher asked her audience in the fundraiser if they believe in life after Trump while touting Joe Biden's record of being far smarter, kinder, and stronger than the current president. The big haul at the event far surpassed expectations, which the Biden campaign believes is a hopeful sign for the turnout in November from the LGBTQ community. Next, we queer up health, the rising problem of PTSD in the LGBTQ community. Gerard Alaria is a mental health professional who is shining a light on how PTSD is systemic in LGBTQ communities. The LGBTQ population experiences trauma on a number of levels, community-wide trauma, familial trauma, and individual trauma, including from childhood, and that once more efforts are made to help people with their trauma, the community as a whole will live much healthier lives. Next, we, have a, uh, we queer up an exclusive interview in reporting LGBTQ Trump supporter, hashtag walkaways Brandon Strzok uh, speaks about the RNC, uh, Trump election, and the attack by BLM demonstrators. Earlier today, I had a chance to sit down and interview Brandon Strzok, uh, Strzok about the harassment he received last week after President Trump's speech at the end of the RNC at the White House, which we reported yesterday right here on Queer News Tonight. Watch this. Brandon Strzok, the controversial LGBTQ former liberal Democrat, founded gay-centric hashtag walkaway during the midterm elections of 2018. The organization tells the LGBT community their mission is, quote, a true grassroots moment. It encourages and supports those on the left to walk away from the divisive tenets endorsed and mandated by the Democratic Party of today. End quote. This last week, Strzok made news while at the White House Republican National Convention and President Trump's acceptance speech when he, Mike Harlow, both gay men, and walkaway executive director Libby Albert had an altercation on the street leaving the White House after President Trump's speech. Strzok is here tonight to discuss the exchange and the election of a lifetime. Here is what was said Friday night on Fox News. Watch this. Well, last night, Joe Biden voters in Washington physically assaulted and harassed Br Brendan Straka and another man. Straka is a former Democrat who founded the walkaway campaign to encourage others to leave the party as well. Here's what happened last night in D.C. Really? 
get away from me. You get away from me. So that is what the left would call, the New York Times would call, a hate crime, but only if it happened to someone they agreed with politically. They don't agree with the people in that video, so of course they ignored it completely. Keep in mind, this is the same media establishment that jumped with all four paws on the Jussie Smollett hoax just last year. Remember that? There are many indications of a hate crime here. They are looking for two suspects who are apparently wearing Make America Great Again hats, though that has not yet been officially confirmed. And the media has really cast so much doubt on his story, which I find so personally offensive that a gay black man is targeted and then suddenly he becomes the victim of yeah. people's disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's so he said his attackers hurled racial and homophobic slurs at him. And this is America in 2019. These people are such a loathsome fraud, such liars. They're saying nothing about this, of course. Well, good evening, Brandon, and welcome to uh, Queer News Tonight. And I'm very happy, unlike Tucker, I got your first and your last name correct. Thank you. It's good to be yeah. here. Uh, Brandon, uh, so you were at President Trump's um, uh, acceptance speech uh, at the White House. You came out of the White House onto the street and had this altercation, which we just saw from your Twitter uh, video. Tell us about what happened. Right. So I was at the last night of the RNC convention. Um, I was a guest at the White House. And uh, as I was leaving the event, myself, along with hundreds of other attendees, were um, encountered a group of Black Lives Matter uh, mobsters outside who were there basically to, you know, harass people, call people names, shout obscenities, um, and, you know, just generally to, to intimidate and make people feel kind of bullied and threatened. The vast majority of the attendees exited right, and that's when they encountered hundreds of these uh, so-called protesters. I, my friends and I, three people total, went off kind of to the other direction, to the left, thinking that it would be easier to get to our hotel that way. And that's when five of the people from the Black Lives Matter mob came up the street at us. And um, when they saw Mikey and I, uh, Mikey being another gay man as well, started shouting anti-gay slurs at us. Uh, they spit on Mikey. Uh, they threw a drink at me, threw a cup at me. They hit Libby, the girl that was with us. And um, as you can see, if you watch the video, they use the anti-gay F word at least three or four times during this exchange, uh, which was entirely, uh, you know, the violence was entirely on their side. Uh, and it was really actually, I have to say, it was, I had a, a very sinking feeling through the entire experience for two reasons. Uh, number one, I'm old enough to remember anti-gay attacks in the, the 90s. Uh, I, was, I was a kid in the 80s, but I certainly remember them. I experienced them in the 90s as an adult. And uh, what made this one really different, so first of all, I had sort of the experience of the flashback of these types of things that used to happen commonly and haven't really happened uh, to me at least, and I think most people in probably 10 years or more, at least on a regular basis. But what made this so interesting was that unlike anti-gay attacks in the past that used to happen more commonly, uh, I, was, I was acutely aware that the attackers in this situation have the luxury of being able to portray themselves as the victims, uh, unlike any other attacks that might have happened in the past. Uh, if you're a black person in America today and if you connect yourself with the Black Lives Matter movement, you can get away with anything that you want to get away with, including attacking gay people, and you'll be portrayed as the victims. You know, Brandon, that's really uh, the zero in on the point that I, I first and foremost want to get to. And I watched your interview with Tucker Carlson on Fox. And, and it was a small group of people, uh, five individuals, in terms of you making the left turn instead of uh, the right. Uh, explain to LGBTQ America in the observation that you're making here, why are you extrapolating these five people to it being the entire BLM movement? Why are you, are you suggesting that it is everyone associated with BLM would do the exact same thing? Is that, is that the point you're making? Certainly not. Um, just like the of course there are a few bad apples in any group or any movement and certainly i understand that uh the problem that i have here 
is that I was uh, the victim of an anti-gay attack by Black Lives Matter activists. They're wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. They came from the Black Lives Matter protest down the street. And nobody from the Black Lives Matter movement, nobody on the liberal left has denounced what has happened to me and said that it's uh, that this is wrong or it's not okay. I've actually gone uh, to other Black Lives Matter protesters, showed them the video, and they refused to denounce the behavior. Uh, as Tucker so, so adeptly pointed out, uh, this this story is not being covered at all like the Jossie Smollett hoax story was covered. Um, you know, what happened to me is exactly what Jossie Smollett claimed happened to him, but with two major differences. Number one, this really did happen. It wasn't a lie. And number two, the politics of the case are inverted. Jussie Smollett is a black gay man who claimed that he was attacked by white Trump supporters called anti-gay slurs and violently attacked. I am a white gay man who actually was physically attacked, who actually was called anti-gay slurs by black, black lives matter activists and uh, anti-Trumpers. But the media isn't interested at all in telling this story and covering this uh, because it doesn't fit their narrative. And let's be honest, they probably think I deserve it because I support the president. Well, and there's there's a core issue I also want to explore. When you say media, of course, you're generalizing, too, because we're media at Queer News Tonight. We're having Brandon uh, Strzok on Queer News Tonight uh, to tell this story. The most important thing is this is the election of our lifetime, and you need to get out and vote for whoever uh, you want uh, to vote. Uh, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> and it, it may be uh, one or the other. There's Trump and Biden. Uh, Brandon, thank you very much uh, for joining us tonight at Queer News. Thank tonight. you. All right. This whole interview oils my blood. Um, he was not attacked, okay? Yes, he was confronted. Yes, they said terrible things about it. No, he was not shot in the back for protesting like people have been this weekend. His phone may have gotten slapped out of his hand. Should he have been called a faggot? No. Is he acting like a faggot? Yes. Okay. I'm sick of people turning into victims when they're being called dirty names. You're an adult. Grow the fuck up. People are dying. That's why they're mad at you. Yeah. Retweet. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gabsmacked. I'm, I'm gagged. I'm like, wow. We've included, of course, um, uh, at the risk of some criticism of even reporting on this story, uh, this is national news. This was on the front page of the New York Times uh, over the weekend. Uh, Fox News uh, led with it. He calls out, which we're going to show you in a separate uh, interview later this week, he calls out Anderson Cooper specifically on this issue. Um, this was actually, uh, it turned out, he gave, us, he gave me a more time than just the issue of what happened. He was sitting in the fifth row on Thursday night's president's speech on the lawn. Uh, 2,000 people in the interview, and I'm going to show you more things that he said. I asked him point blank, were you wearing a mask? No. Uh, should you wear a mask? No. It's up to you if you want to protect yourself, and that's why no one did. Uh, he uh, pushes uh, herd. Uh, immunity, which we're going to talk about tonight in our Q&A. We're getting ready to talk about that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very volatile time. The interview is going to be of a great surprise to the LGBT community, but uh, there's no question that Brandon Strzok and Richard Grinnell, uh, the director of the LGBTQ uh, task force for the Trump administration, you, uh, you are just hearing in terms of what's important uh, to the LGBT community on the conservative Republican side. Uh, stay tuned and we're going to show you more. Next, let's catch up on all of the news surrounding COVID-19 with our segment called Quarantine Quickies. The first story tonight is our daily reporting of coronavirus facts, especially important to the LGBTQ community. First, we report on coronavirus case numbers based on standard acceptance of uh, the population of the LGBTQ community. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases stand at 1,804,077, 
While America's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases stand at 435,697, we remind you that America is ground zero of this pandemic and the USA is just 4.4% of the world's population and today America is 24.1% of the world's cases. Next, we report on coronavirus deaths. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths now stand at a staggering 60,014. While America's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths stand at 13,161, the USA is 21.9% of all of the world's deaths. Quarantine quickies. California is first state to pass bill tracking COVID-19 rates among LGBTQ people. Watch this. COVID-19 will strike the LGBTQ community more than other groups, according to research by Human Rights Campaign in Washington, D.C. The organization's president, Alfonso David, says LGBTQ members are at high risk of getting infected. We're seeing that 17% of LGBTQ people lack access to health care. One in five have not seen a doctor because they cannot afford to go to a doctor. Many don't have paid family leave. Uh, many are living with chronic illnesses and conditions. Many, of course, have HIV. So if you have a weakened immune system, you're more likely uh, to be susceptible to COVID-19. California is on the verge of enacting a first-of-its-kind law requiring health officials to report whether COVID-19 patients identify as LGBTQ. The bill was passed Sunday night, just hours before the California State Legislature wraps up for the year. The vote was unanimous in both the Assembly and the Senate. California has surveyed the sexual orientation and gender identity of COVID-19 patients since July, but that decision was made via emergency regulation. This is seen as a major victory by LGBTQ advocacy groups who believe having the community on the spotlight will prevent a health crisis like the AIDS epidemic from ravaging the LGBTQ people. Wow, I'm very surprised by this story and the confidentiality of LGBTQ people. I think it's very exciting because uh, this might be a pro uh, propulsion of other states to do the same thing. And ultimately, we want the U.S. Census to do the exact same thing. We want to report where our community is and how many of us there are. True. This is a step in the right direction. You know, it's how science works. The more variables you can account for, the better you can track the spread of a disease. Knowing these things is very important to understanding this disease and others. Quarantine quickies. Trump herd immunity strategy could lead to 2 million Americans dead. Watch this. Trump's newest medical advisor, Scott Atlas, uh, has been promoting herd immunity to combat coronavirus because that would allow the Trump administration to do nothing in response to the pandemic and just allow hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans to die from the virus. So herd immunity strategy would entail allowing the coronavirus to spread through most of the population to quickly build resistance to the virus while taking steps to protect those in nursing homes and other vulnerable populations. After months of effort to limit the spread of COVID-19, the United States herd immunity has emerged as a talking point. White House Coronavirus Task Force member Dr. Scott Atlas responded to a report on Monday that claimed he is a proponent of a herd immunity strategy to combat COVID-19 by saying that is not true and that he had never advocated for such a strategy. This denial contradicts another administration official who told CNN that Atlas has pushed multiple policies in the vein of a herd immunity strategy which some estimates say could lead to 2 million American lives lost before it was achieved. Tonight we decided to celebrate and bring visibility to the LGBTQ black women in our community by creating a photo essay tribute to some of the biggest stars on the planet whose trailblazing allows our entire community to be better for their contributions. Watch this. Black girl magic. 17 Magical Queer Black Women Actresses Sasha Lane and Willow Smith Tessa Thompson and Batwoman Juvisia Leslie Former Disney star Raven Simone and rapper Cody Shane Singer Key Lanny 
and Poe star MJ Rodriguez. The beautiful Laverne Cox and actress Lupita Nyong'o. Singer Halsey and Janelle Monet. The lovely Amanda Stenberg. Kier C. Clemens and Amaya Scott. Finally, India Moore and Angelica Ross. Black Girl Magic by Queer News Tonight. Lovely. Happening on Television Network is broadcasting on our brand new set in partnership with the Sunshine Cathedral the world's largest queer church in Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Manors, Florida. We joke, this is the gayest place on planet Earth. Our support of their Sunday celebration is the largest LGBTQ religious broadcast in the world every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We encourage you to tune in. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Watch this. Kevin Tisdall, Sunshine Cathedral's Minister of Education, and Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. We'd also like to thank our set designer, Concepto Modern Living, here in Fort Lauderdale for making this set in this amazing queer church campus possible. Tonight is part 25 of Q's Q&A on coronavirus in the LGBTQ community, September 1st. This special segment is designed to be unique in America to answer your questions about coronavirus for the LGBTQ community during this pandemic. Every Tuesday, we have an American pioneer in AIDS HIV medical treatment. With us is Dr. Howard Grossman, specialist in internal medicine with an emphasis on HIV. He was the executive director of the American Academy of HIV Medicine. He's become nationally recognized as an educator on HIV issues and as an advocate for LGBTQ civil rights and the rights of our community. And of course, he has become the medical expert during pandemic for Queer News Tonight. Welcome, Dr. Grossman. And before we get into viewer questions, another big week. Uh, I've, I've got questions myself from science and the medical community. And before we take any of those viewer questions, I just want to ask anything on your mind this week that you want to start with. Well, you know, it's good to see everybody again. Um, uh, I hate to bring politics so much of the show as politics and we're supposed to be talking medicine, but unfortunately, politics entered the world of medicine in a big way this week um, because what's on my mind is that we watched as the CDC and the FDA became fatally compromised this week um, uh, in what they do. Uh, um, Donald Trump has managed to destroy nearly every institution of government Department of Education, Department of Housing, um, and, and now the FDA and the CDC. So we actually saw the FDA commissioner go on television with Donald Trump and blatantly lie about the efficacy of and We saw the CDC come out with uh, recommendations to not test people who are asymptomatic, which is something that we really, really need to do in order to stop the spread of this virus. You have to test asymptomatic people before they can spread the virus. So in both cases, uh, institutions that were well respected around the world for, for decades and decades, I mean, the, C the, uh, the, um, the FDA is about 100 years old. Um, um, 
just nobody's going to trust them anymore. And so we actually saw an editorial in the New York Times today from Harold Varmus, a former director of the National Institutes of Health and the head of Rockefeller uh, uh, Institute in New York, um, basically saying, don't listen to the CDC. Uh, and we had the editor of Medscape yesterday, a uh, very important online medical portal, uh, published an article basically saying that uh, Dr. Hahn, the head of the FDA, either needs to admit to being a liar or he needs to resign. I mean, those are pretty bold statements from people who don't make those kind of statements. You know, um, uh, Dr. Grossman, before we get into the viewer questions, I do want to follow up on something that I learned today uh, from <clears throat> Brendan Strzok. And uh, he was uh, at the White House on Thursday and he began um, the explanation on COVID. We had extensive conversation about masks and uh, coronavirus testing and deaths. And he repeated the comment that is now widely being circulated by the conservative circles in the Trump campaign that the CDC has now admitted that really only 10,000 people have died of coronavirus because the deaths were really associated in coronavirus for all kinds of other things and said that. And when I challenged him on that, that that was um, uh, very conservative websites that were reporting on that, he stood fast that only 10,000 people have died of COVID in the United States. What are, what's your observation to that observation of what the CDC is saying? Well, uh, first of all, Al, let, let's look at it more carefully. This was uh, something that was tweeted by a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Um, I wish you wouldn't call these people conservatives. They are not conservatives. There are true conservatives who are decent, honorable people in this country who believe in things that I may not agree with, but they are conservatives. These are right-wing liars who make up facts. They are basically taking um, things out of uh, the playbook of the Russian secret uh, police, the Russian compromat, and the Russian disinformation campaigns that are legendary for decades. Uh, they're taking um, their cue from Hitler's tactics in the 30s about fomenting violent violence and denying facts and, and making scientists uh, the enemy and the press the enemy. Um, so this was a right-wing conspiracy theorist who tweeted that only 9,000 people died uh, and the rest died of other things like old age. Um, this is the worst kind of lie. Uh, you know, um, yes, it's true that people who have other illnesses um, were more likely to get very ill and die, but there are plenty of really healthy people um, who had no medical illnesses uh, who, who died or are suffering very horrible effects. There's a woman in Miami who was a nurse who may lose both her hands because as a result of coronavirus, she developed microclots in her arms and basically cut off circulation to her hands and her hands are gangrenous. She's only in her 30s. Um, and you know, this is the kind of thing to deny this is, is simply the worst kind of murderous I, I, I want to ask you that uh, before we, uh, I, I want to definitely uh, jump into some of the questions we have tonight. But that's one of the things I want to ask you personally. Your experience in HIV, a pioneer in, in HIV, you're a member of the LGBT community. Uh, you've done this for 25 consecutive weeks now. Could you ever possibly imagine that 25 weeks later when we started this that we were going to be discussing and arguing just whether simple truth is truth. Of course. I mean, what is the history of the HIV epidemic? I mean, look at Tabo and Becky, the president of South Africa, responsible for millions and millions of deaths because of his AIDS denialism. Um, Peter Duesberg, you know, a completely discredited scientist who lost his medical license in England, who falsified data. Uh, you know, uh, or, or uh, who's completely disrespected. I mean, I was talking actually Wakefield, the guy who lost, who's a, the vaccine denialist, who lost his license in England for falsifying data. You know, I mean, the, the medical world, unfortunately, is filled with these people who create chaos uh, for whatever benefit they can get out of it, usually money, 
um, and and create real health problems. Um, uh, so this is not uncommon. We're yeah. used to this. It, it's, it's, it's and it costs honestly, millions of lives. And yeah. these people are going to cost millions of lives. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's uh, sad. Very sad. Let's pause on that a moment. Uh, let's jump into uh, your questions. And David, let's start with you. And I don't give you a halfway of, answer on that because <laughs> that's the whole right. thing. I mean, trust me, uh, there is no halfway answer on this. These people are murderous. Yeah. Speaking of costing people's lives, a viewer has asked, what do you think about the renewed talk about achieving herd immunity in the U.S.? Uh, well, you know, you talked about it in your stories. I mean, you're talking about the idea that you would need, in, by predictions, 70 to 80 percent of people to be infected. Um, uh, and that would probably lead to about 2 million deaths. Now, they keep talking about we're going to achieve herd immunity by, by protecting the most vulnerable. So, you know, I want to know how you're going to protect the, all the people in the nursing homes. You know, right here in Wilton Manors, we had nursing homes that had a real problem. They dealt with it. But they are experiencing uh, nurses and medical assistants and people coming in, working in the facility who have been infected. You can't keep it out completely. Uh, despite all of, and they are taking tremendous precautions in these nursing homes. Um, so people will die. Uh, large numbers of people will die. Plus all of the people that you don't expect to need protection who will die uh, and have died. Um, I mean, this is, this is just, it's a ridiculous idea. It was tried in Sweden. Sweden has one of the highest death rates in the, in the world. It hasn't protected their economy. And let's face it, the whole point of this is to protect the economy. Uh, the guy who's advising Trump now is a neuroradiologist, you know, not a primary care doctor, not an infectious disease doctor, not a person who deals with, you know, illness like this. He's a neuroradiologist at Stanford who works in a conservative think tank, the Hoover Institute. Uh, and in his, uh, in his talk points, he mentions that his colleagues uh, in neuroradiology are seeing less patients because people are afraid to come to the hospital. And uh, well, you know, so there you got the bottom line. Um, trust me, emergency procedures are happening in hospitals. So nobody who has a really bad stroke is not getting an MRI scan. Um, but people are not doing elective procedures, and so his colleagues aren't making as much money. You know, I want, to, uh, I want to provide for the LGBTQ community um, the sound bites there on, on herd immunity. Uh, Dr. Grossman is saying uh, herd immunity is 70 to 80 percent of Americans would need to be effective bef uh, infected before that might have an effective defense. Currently, only about two and a half percent of the American population has contracted COVID. So the number of the people that have been infected to the number that we would have to get to is just beyond calculation. Even in New York, Al, in certain pockets of New York City that were very heavily impacted, you don't get numbers bigger than 20%. Yeah, and, and, and so as a result, I, I want to make sure that we provide some uh, premise of discussion. It was brought up today uh, in our conversation in the in the Republican LGBT um, interview that I had today, and herd humidity in, in uh, immunity uh, was brought up. And I quickly pointed out, but we're talking about an impossibility in number, and studies are suggesting that that means more than two million Americans dead. And there was a blank response to that. There's an acceptance of that's where we're going to be. Let's, let's continue in other viewer questions. Misty, you have a question. Yes, a viewer asked, the FDA chief discussed this week the possibility of rushing a COVID-19 vaccine. Is that wise? You know, again, Misty, you're talking about the politicization of an organization that has always been respected for its pursuit of science. Uh, tell me if you rush a vaccine, and, and scientists, other scientists are pushing back. If, do we know, for example, since uh, a whole portion of COVID's um, attack is an immunologic response to the virus, where you, you're developing uh, a response that then starts to attack organs, causing these microclots, causing organ damage, uh, do we know that giving people 
a vaccine that's going to cause them to have an immune response to the virus won't cause the same thing? Mm. No, we don't know that. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't, you can't rush safety on these things. The vaccine trials are about half uh, uh, enrolled at this point. Um, and they're talking about results by November. I mean, that's, you know, two months. Um, you, you're not gonna know about long-term side effects. You're not gonna really necessarily know about short-term side effects. Uh, are we going to know if antibodies are produced? Are those antibodies protective? Will they protect you for three months? Will they protect you for a year? Will they protect you for a week? Nobody knows. Um, and nobody knows, like as I said, the long-term uh, possible side effects. There have been plenty of vaccine trials that have turned into you know, serious problems because of side effects. Um, so yeah, I think rushing is a real problem. And I think more and more educated people are saying, I won't take it until mm -hmm. I see long-term data. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't either. Our final viewer question actually kind of harkens back to the discussion at the beginning of the segment. A viewer has asked, I heard a word on the news that I need explained. What is a comorbidity? Is it important COVID-19 diagnosis? A comorbidities mean uh, other illnesses that you have at the same time. So the, from the beginning, um, people have said that people who have hypertension or diabetes or obesity are more likely to have serious coronavirus infection. Um, and those are comorbidities. So they're diseases you have at the same time. Yeah. And um, uh, before we end, uh, Dr. Grossman, I, I've asked you this question multiples of times. You notice I don't ask you for grading of the federal <laughs> response anymore because we pretty much uh, know that uh, the bottom of the barrel was hit a long time ago and we're not coming back from it. But one of the things I, I have asked you a number of times of is uh, um, your cynicism of what you're watching. Is the medical community, you and the medical community, uh, the co-opting of the FDA and the CDC, um, uh, the politics that we're watching, is it, has it gotten to the point where you're having difficulty mustering uh, optimism in terms of what's going on? Well, it, it's all going to depend on the election now. Um, I, I do think that this damage is reversible, um, but it's going to take a lot to reverse the damage, and, and, and not just the damage that's been done the last three years, but the damage that's been done before that by Republican shenanigans um, uh, to our government. Um, and, uh, you know, I always stay optimistic. I do think that in the long run, we do well. Um, it, it's, it's disheartening, um, but it is, it, it's also what keeps me optimistic is that I'm hearing scientists, well-respected scientists who never criticize, uh, who would never come out and publish an op-ed in the paper saying uh, that this is just crazy and that these people are liars, um, feeling the need to do that. So more and more people seem to be stepping up and, and, and being public, and, and that gives me hope. Uh, I don't know why they didn't do it before, because most of this is not new. They waited but, a long time. But they're, but they're doing it, yeah. and, and hopefully it will be in time. So Yeah, you know. and, and just before we end, uh, a little overtime here, but before we end, uh, provide the LGBTQ community some historical perspective. Um, I don't remember the medical community facing situations in HIV in the 80s and 90s where there was a lot of use of terms or op-eds in newspapers using the terms uh, fake or liars or mm -hmm. the politics behind it. Did this go on in HIV? Because I don't well, remember. Yeah, but it, you know, it, was a lot, it was a lot smaller at the time than, you know, at least in this country. I mean, globally, of course, this has been, HIV has been this huge, enormous thing. But as we've talked about before, for many people in this country, it was happening to other people. They didn't even notice what was happening. But, you know, clearly in, you know, the late 80s, there was an article, even at that point, there was an article in the Cosmopolitan magazine, we talked about it, where a psychologist in New York insisted that women didn't get HIV, that this was all a hype from the, uh, wow. from, from gay, gay men who wanted to make people scared. Um, and that was Cosmopolitan. Mm. Um, and like I said, you had the president of South Africa, the biggest AIDS denialist in the world. Um, you know, so these, these things go on. You know, unfortunately, I think for many scientists try to debate with these people. And, and you really can't. 
I mean, they they just are so locked into their misinformation, disinformation, uh, and so religiously um, fanatic about it that you can't have an honest debate. And, and that's why I don't use halfway terms for this stuff, because mm. I've watched these people kill people with HIV uh, and be responsible for the deaths, like I said, of millions of people. Well, are you, uh, are you excited about another 25 weeks? Uh, should I book you and prepare uh, now for the next 25? You know, Al, I think, I think what we've said from the beginning uh, is something that people are starting to realize. I think early on, we all said here, this is going to be a long-term project. Yeah. This is going to be a couple of years. Yeah. We're going to be wearing these masks for a while. Yeah. And we're going to have to figure out how to be creative, how to make our businesses work, yeah. how to get back to some semblance yeah. of normality. You know, people have been drinking and eating and binging for the last six months and gaining 20 pounds and, you know, not going to the gym. That's Everybody's right. got the COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I hear it in my patients. People about. are starting to say, wait, this is taking, this is going to take a long time. I need to get back to exercise. I need to start eating right. I need to stop excusing like this is going to be temporary. And I hear that more and more. So I do think there are growing numbers of people who are, are seeing, yeah, we, we need to come up with some better ways. We're going to have to figure out how to visit our old people in nursing homes and, and assisted living facilities yeah. because I, we can't leave them isolated for I years. had uh, dinner uh, with Dr. Grossman at uh, Chef Josie's restaurant, Bubbles and Pearls, here in Wilton Manors, the gayest place on planet Earth. And when I first saw Chef Josie's running for mayor of Wilton Manors, when I first saw this mask, I immediately thought of Howard because this mask has a straw hole <laughs> for you to be able to drink. This is the innovation uh, that Dr. Grossman told us about 25 weeks ago, that we're going to reinvent how we're going to live our lives with masks and in COVID. Well, that's part 25 of Q's Q&A of coronavirus and the LGBTQ community. Every Tuesday night, we bring you the viewer questions and the most important medical advice and news and information from our medical expert, Dr. Howard Grossman from Midway Specialty Care Center right here in Wilton Manors, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And as always, thank you, Dr. Grossman, for thank being you, with us tonight. All right, we're going to end tonight's broadcast with the big finish. These are short story mentions of LGBTQ news or news with a gay perspective. So here we go. First on Queer News Tonight's The Big Finish. The right-wing anti-LGBTQ pastor claims Kamala Harris is trying to turn America into Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> Ah, yes, the city destroyed for worshiping an orange cow. I mean, a golden calf. Orange man, maybe? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys cannot turn anyone into something they are not. That's right, straight guys. Don't worry. You're safe. Nobody can, like, nobody can make you like something you don't like. And I know that all LGBTQ people can truly vouch for that. I personally tried to date and be attracted to women for years. I've been engaged to three different women. I really, really, really wanted to like women, but it did not work. Did you just tell me you're a serial engager? I, I think that's what I heard. Sure. You know what? I'm going to pull a move straight out of Congress and defer my time, because she sounds so intense, <laughs> right back to Misty. I like watching her go after people. Oh, Okay, thank you, Al. If so-called Christians <laughs> actually read the Bible instead of listening to their neighbor's interpretation of what the Bible says, they will actually see the real sin of Sodom and Gomorrah is rape, haughtiness, and egoism. Now, let me ask you this. Which president exudes all of those characteristics? Stormy Daniels. <laughs> all right. All right, that's enough, and I'm reclaiming my time now. I'm reclaiming my uh, time. Let's move on in the big finish. Channing Tatum unleashes the little girl in me Aww. while throwing down the gauntlet for dads to ditch their toxic masculinity. This is so sweet and wholesome and such a great moment. I'm going to completely ruin it by saying, damn, daddy. <laughs> so remember in the outtakes for This is the End, when you told Dan McBride you'd be his slut the world ended it? 
Well, I'm here for you now, and the world doesn't even have to end first. Child. I'm with you, David. Child. Can he please be my daddy? Child. <laughs> I was like, oh, he I didn't think it was. He was a straight man. Exactly. So beautiful, get away. straight huh? man with exactly. Sparkella. Exactly. Sign me up. I will take it, and he will love it. He's a But I didn't man. think I would like him anymore, and, and now I do. Yeah, he's a straight man. Channing Tatum is a gorgeous human being who has shown time and time again that he has no ego Truly. when it comes to poking fun of himself. I love that. I do it all of the time. And my friends here at Q News do the exact same thing to me. He can poke lots of things at me. So the fact that he cast aside his toxic masculinity is perfectly in character. And by the way, he's from my hometown in Tampa Bay. So he's just fine. Mm -hmm. The Big Finish. A gigantic 1980s Soviet vehicle MD-160 is lying abandoned in the Caspian Sea. This thing was basically a huge hovercraft, using a cushion of air to float. I've got this for that. <laughs> By the way, I heard they're turning this into a huge museum, and I am super excited. This is a museum I would like to visit. You're, you're going to Russia, are you? Why not? Yeah. The <laughs> I'm Caspian a woman now. Sea, right? Uh, it just goes to show that no matter how gigantic you may be, if you don't know how to use it, then it will be useless for decades. Wait, wait, I, I forgot. W what was I talking about? I, I can't remember. Use the, big, yes, <laughs> oh, the big finish. New research reveals how armpit aroma can be uh, a cue for passion. So for many gay men, this is not new. I hang out with a lot of the pup crowd, and Ew. puppies do love smell. Ew. Uh, that reminds me. Ew. I'm taking showers at 7 a.m. Hey, pups want to meet up tonight? By the, way, by the way, everybody, this Did is I say called ew? pheromones, and it has been around since ever. And yes, there ew. are two types, the gross kind of stinky armpits ew. and the hello, come here kind. See, this ew. is why Al never had some hello, fun. Hello, the here kind. I just, I just, uh, ew. <laughs> I, just want, I just want everyone in America to realize that someone very likely gave money for this research to be done. And I'll give you a clue. It was probably a gay dude, and he's sitting to my right. Oh, no. Ew. You got no, money, David? <laughs> just no. This exactly. is the leather pride flag, for those of you who don't know, by the way. The big finish. Symbol of homosexuality abducts a little tiny girl at sea. You know, everyone wants to escape on a unicorn and go on an adventure until it actually happens. This little girl got on a floaty unicorn and got blown miles out to sea. Five miles. Yeah. Five miles. I don't know. This, seeing the video and the picture of this little girl, it is so cute and yet so scary. I truly hope this little girl is not traumatized and afraid of the ocean and afraid of unicorns. But in the video that I saw of her when they were getting her, she looked as happy as a clam. She went on an adventure. Well, she was on a unicorn after <laughs> all. I am glad to see the girl return safe, of yes. course, safe and sound, and hopefully the evil inflatable unicorn Why is gets a punishment fitting of our country the and the world that we live in with Donald Trump. Lethal injection of anything causing it to deflate and cause no further chaos. Oh. The big finish. Wow. Amazon. They win F. AA approval for Prime Air Drone Delivery Fleet. This is a true story. Yes. See, I order my great big containers of lube from Amazon, and that's going to make <laughs> one hell of a mess if the drone crashes. Hello, the future is calling, and I am ready. You know they said the drones can go for 15 miles in one direction and ensure a 30-minute delivery. Can you imagine drag queens? Oh, I, can't, I need eyelashes. Quick, I need to get them for tonight. 30 minutes to your house. Perfect Bam. for getting that lube there before you know the trick shows up. Story, I never once thought about my eyelashes <laughs> as a drag queen. Not even one single time. You learned so much at Queer News Tonight. I guess someone at the FAA decided Jeff Bezos needs even more money. By the yeah. way, he's made $90 billion just this year in yeah, COVID. I think it is only a matter of time before he buys a state and renames it Bezos Land. Today is the first day of what is being called on social media the Amazon Air Force. World domination 
is next. And the start of redneck Christmas shopping, where you just shark down, uh, shoot down drones. So that's today's news for the LGBT community on the world's first daily LGBTQ evening news show. Remember, if it's important to the LGBTQ community, it's important to Queer News Tonight. But you must help us. Please click subscribe on YouTube and share this news. I'm still smelling the underarms. I, I, uh. <laughs> we are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. Who else does these kind of stories? This is the only source of live LGBTQ news in the entire world, and your community needs your support, especially you, for underarm deodorant. I, well, you're not alone, and my pits are, so come on over. But we'll get through this crisis. You guys keep your armpits away from me. Yeah. We are here with you, and this is Queer News Tonight. And thank you for joining us, America. I'm Al Ferguson, and on behalf of Misty Eyes and Stanky down here, <laughs> we will see you daily uh, and tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Good night, America. Good night.